There's a 49-year-old woman, Mitra. She is from Iran. She can't get public housing because she has a safe haven visa as an asylum seeker. Uh, She has been, though, kicked out of her private rental home. She lives there with her 21-year-old nephew, who is her carer, and she's got a range of ongoing medical conditions. Uh, She's been kicked out because the landlord wants to hand that place over to a relative. Now, Mitra did appeal against her landlord at VCAT, but with some different lawyers, she is appealing the case again to the Supreme Court. Damien Stock is with Victorian Legal Aid. How are you going, Damien? I'm good, Raf. Thanks for the time to talk about renters' rights. What will you argue to the Supreme Court? So this case uh, concerns a fundamental obligation to give a tenant proper reasons for their eviction. Uh, So we say that uh, in this case, uh, the landlord's alleging that their great-grandson is coming to move back into the property. So in that case, the landlord would need to set out that the great-grandson is someone who ordinarily lives with him and is dependent upon him. Uh, And if so, if they could prove that, then that would entitle him to evict our client Mitra. But in this case, uh, the landlord failed to set out the proper reasons uh, for his eviction. It, it, It didn't describe the actual circumstances correctly. Now, so can I, can I stop you there, Damien, because I, it, I'm i not sure if I have this right, but sure. the landlord seems quite convinced and seems from the newspaper reporting to have a pretty good case. I think it's the great-grandchild is mm-hmm. dependent. But your argument isn't so much around whether or not the relative is completely dependent on the landlord. Your argument is a bit more around in the initial notice they didn't provide the proper reasons. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So let me put it this way. Tenants have very, very few rights when they're being evicted from their property. One right they have is that when a a landlord has a reason to evict them, they set out properly the actual reasons for that eviction. So in other jurisdictions, you have particulars or you have pleadings or you have a full brief and you can understand the case that you need to meet if you want to fight it or you can agree that, yes, they've made their case. In residential tenancies law, Uh, A landlord gives you a one-page notice to vacate. In a small box in the corner of that notice, they set out the reasons that they say entitle them to evict a tenant. Now, at VCAT, if a landlord proves those reasons, VCAT has no discretion. It must evict a tenant. So it's incredibly important that when a landlord sets out the reasons for eviction, it does so properly in order that the tenant knows what case they have to meet. But if you were to win, that's not going to establish any new obligation on a landlord, is it? Well, it would uh, ensure proper uh, natural justice or procedural fairness is applied to all evictions so that a landlord can't simply rely on a section number and the wording of the legislation, which they say would entitle them to evict a tenant if they had proper reasons that said to fulfil that entitlement. So too often we see landlords just say, I know I can evict you if uh, I'm going to sell the property um, in 60 days' time. Or I know that one of my, or I allege one of my relatives is going to be moving back in. So they can't just set out what the section allows them to use. They have to set out the actual story behind that, the actual, their, their reasons for using that notice to vacate. It's the only uh, chance that a tenant has mm. to understand why they're being removed from their home, which has very serious consequences. So as I mentioned, she's so Mitra's 49 uh, from Iran. She's, I think she lives on uh, social security payments. So I imagine a substantial amount of that money goes on rent. Why doesn't she want to leave? 
uh, because it's very difficult to find another rental property. This has been her home, a two-bedroom apartment that she shares with her nephew in Footscray uh, for the last two and a half years. And you're right, she receives $344 a week and she spends $260 of that uh, on rent each week. She's confined so to a mobility So that's like 80% scooter. or something of her money on rent. Uh, it leaves $84 a week uh, for everything else. She relies on a mobility scooter to get around. Uh, it's very difficult to be a suitable applicant uh, to other uh, investors uh, in these circumstances. And she's built her home in this community. So it's a very serious thing to uh, have her evicted in circumstances where we're not sure that she could properly defend herself because the notice wasn't sufficiently particularised. And so that's why we're taking this matter to the Supreme Court. There, uh, VCAT has no, jurist, no no discretion but to evict her if the landlord's made it out. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, we don't take these steps lightly, but we think I, I just wonder why, I'm not saying, um, I mean, I, f I feel great sympathy for her. However, it does seem to me, even if you win, there, there won't be a significant change in the law, will there? I mean, if you're a landlord, I mean, it's your place. You can ask someone to leave, no? Well, the law is finally balanced between the rights of investors and the rights of people who choose to uh, call the properties their home. We know that over a quarter of Victorians currently rent their home, and a third of those people do so for more than 10 years. So, yes, it's the landlord's property, uh, but we have fine uh, policy balancing about the circumstances which entitles them to remove somebody from the property. Uh, and it's important that VCAT applies the law correctly. Uh, that's why we take these matters when we think that it hasn't done so. When, uh, when will we get judgment? Well, we're never sure with the Supreme Court. Uh, this um, uh, isn't an overly complicated matter, so we'd hope to receive it within uh, a couple of months. Uh, it, it could be longer than that, though. Uh, it's a great uh, period of uncertainty for Mitra. And I should she's add still that in the apartment? She's still in the apartment until it's resolved by the Supreme Court, yes. And if we're unsuccessful, uh, that will uh, lead to her eviction um, very quickly, within a couple of weeks. I should add, though, Raf, taking it to the Supreme Court is something that all users of VCAT uh, disagree should be a requirement when VCAT gets it wrong. So we were the first to create a super tribunal in Victoria in 1998, and now we're the only Australian jurisdiction where if VCAT gets it wrong on law, you have to go to the Supreme Court. It's a huge step. You want a separate now, list at VCAT where you can appeal a VCAT decision? We already have it in things like guardianship and yes. administration yes. orders. So, uh, And look, the REIV agrees with us about this. Um, we know that there are reforms coming up for residential tenancies. We think this would be a very uh, common sense reform. To so that, that's the thing that could through. significantly change things for other renters, isn't it? Not so much the, the particulars of this case, but if, as a renter, you could appeal the decision at, at a particular place in VCAT rather than having to get someone like Victorian Legal Aid to help you go to the Supreme Court. Yeah, that's right. It's not a jurisdiction you can go to on your own. It's it's uh, very um, formal and uh, cost prohibitive. Uh, and it would also increase, we think, uh, the predictability and consistency of VCAT decision making if there was an internal review body. And as I said, all users, the ROV, community housing industry, we all agree that should happen. And so we hope the Victorian government introduces that reform. We know it's in its options paper, so it's considering it. It would make sense to us. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Raf.